music. It's, it's real hip hop music. Come on, come on. Yes, yes, y'all. One, two. This is a guest in the house podcast. I am your co-host, David Trom Big Shanks. And I'm your other co-host, Mickey Hess. Brother Mickey, what's going on? Not much, man. Back to the virtual recordings, the remote recordings. Yeah. We've been sticking with that for, what, damn near a year now. Damn near a year. And it, it's been quite a year. Now, I was thinking this week, when is the last time we recorded where we weren't paying some type of tribute to like a legend who has passed on? Like what's mm. the last podcast where no one died? The one right before Malik B, I think, which is going back a ways. I and I can't even remember. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been a few, right? And we're we're every other week, so it's not even like yeah. we're recording every week. But it's I don't know. We keep arriving at the same space. I feel like we're always saying yeah. <laughs> dedication. I guess you know people die every day, so I get I guess. But it just feels like there's like a hip hop legend thing. Happening. We're about to if hit. It's not hip hop legend. It's a young guy who just got going. It's oh, one of sure. two, you know. <laughs> and we're about to hit five hundred thousand COVID deaths for the year. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And um, yeah, man, prayers and blessings to all the families um of who are who have been affected by this thing. Um, and yeah, so here we go again. With all that here we said, go again. um dedicate this episode to uh the memory of mark prince marky d morales one third of the hip-hop legendary group the fat boys um known before that as the disco three mm -hmm. uh another one of my heroes yeah he was only 52 which is mind-blowing Two, which is a you know and it was was he a day short of his 52nd birthday I think, day short of 53 i think okay okay yeah. either way yeah, Incredible. and thinking back, you know, he he would have been so young, such a young guy when I first saw the Fat Boys pop out. Yeah, right. I mean, my wife pointed out yesterday that that Kurt Cobain would have turned, I think, fifty six or fifty seven just recently, so he would have been older. Wow. And you think about the Fat Boys coming out. I mean, I definitely saw the Fat Boys a decade before I saw Nirvana. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely, because um, Nirvana's kind of that 94 rush. That's right. And yeah, and uh, so these guys were high schoolers, man. They were super young. That's crazy. Super young, super young. And it's it says two things I was thinking about, right? Like one, mm -hmm. I was telling um, Rachel earlier uh, this morning, you know, to think 52 and when we think about the fat boys, it's like this yesteryear thing, right? Like, <laughs> you know, it's funny because um, in the episode we did of the uh, Allies podcast, which would have aired by the time this airs, um, and we were talking to Carmen about like the infancy of hip hop as a culture and how young it is. And mm -hmm. so here are these guys who were like superstars, movies, you know, cartoons i don't know if they had a comic book but the fat boys were big they were big marketing thing in the 80s t-shirts posters everything. everything 
everything. And, you know, how we look at 1985 or 1986 or how, like, you know, our the newer generations look at, like, what was happening in 1985 as, like, mm-hmm. dinosaur ancient history. And then it's like a legend dies and he's 52. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Relative. I mean, what is Raekwon and those guys are, like, 51. Gotta be, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Raekwon may have be. just celebrated like his 51st or something I think so. Like that. Yeah, and actually, so. I guess Kurt Cobain would have been 53. So they were okay. uh, right at the same age, which is still crazy because, yeah, you heard Fat Boys at least a decade before you really heard Nirvana. In so fact- These were young guys. The Fat Boys- were already quote unquote over. Over, yeah. <laughs> Chris Rock had already made a joke about him in uh, Eddie Murphy's Boomerang. That was ninety two. Right? Whatever happened to the Fat Boys? <laughs> first the Fat Boys break up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, first <laughs> yeah. the Fat Boys break up, and now this. So imagine, you know, and and so it just this thing is, you know, this 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 entertainment thing and this mm. this the cycle of kind of like these rap careers it's almost like football players man you know what i mean you come in here you get four or five good years and then they cart you out you're, yeah. go- you're done you know and so so young man so young so young and and the the, the fascinating thing about prince marky d is he was one of those guys that we talk about on the podcast who you know disappeared from the limelight so to speak and we would say, oh, he fell off. He's washed up. He's finished. But this, he was active in the music to, to the day, to the day he died. You oh, yeah. know what I mean? He was still producing, still writing music. He was um, instrumental in like some of the early Uptown stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Uptown Records, um, another legend, Andre Harrell, who passed last year. Mm-hmm. Uh did a lot of work with Mary J. Blige, Mary J. Blige's first album, in mm. fact, and just, um, you know, active. So, yeah, big shout out to um, the memory of Prince Marky D. Um, big shout out to the Fat Boys. I think Cool Rock Ski is still with us. So The only one, yeah. yeah we the lost only one. Buff feet. died, yeah. At yeah. 33, I think, going yeah. way back. Yeah, way back. Early, way back. mid-90s. Way back, way back, way back. Also, I believe one of the um, artists that we have given flowers to on the uh, on this um, podcast prior to, because you know, I'm, I'm. It's really, it's really sinking in with me that you know we have to be more conscious and deliberate about giving props and acknowledging folks while they're still still here and not doing the whole. Oh, he was the greatest. Yeah. He was the That's greatest. We brought up gone. the Fat Boys just a few episodes ago. Unfortunately, I was bringing them up in reference to Ecstasy from Houdini dying. <laughs> and we were talking about Fresh Fest and like those early tours with Run DMC. We talked about them during the Beastie episode. Mm-hmm. When we were talking about those first tours, which were, you know, Run DMC taking everyone yep. on tour. The Fat Boys, Houdini, LL, a young LL. You know, the legend, and they talked about this in that Beastie Boys movie that came out this year, was that they got booked. The Beastie Boys got booked to open for Madonna mm. because the agent called Russell Summons to book the Fat Boys. Right. And Russell didn't manage the Fat Boys. But <laughs> instead of owning up to that on the phone, he said, you know, Fat Boys are busy, but uh, you know who I got for you is Beastie Boys. Hilarious. <laughs> and that's how they got onto that Madonna tour. 
that led to all kinds of exposure and notoriety because they got kicked right off of it after a few gigs. Oh, yeah, they did. So, yeah, I mean, the Fat Boys was probably some of the first rap cassettes I remember seeing passed around. This was from my older cousin. Um, I think he passed down a two, two or three Fat Boys cassettes to me early on. Yeah, I mean, the Fat Boys were, they were everywhere. I think that, you know, and another Brooklyn, New York again, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that has to be stated. Uh, East New York, to be exact. Um, yeah, huge, man. Huge, 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 huge influence, man. Huge and I think Soren Baker, who we had on the podcast as a guest a few weeks back, he did what I believe is the last interview with Prince Marky D. He recorded it just a few days, I think, before he passed. Wow. So we'll wow. put up a link to that as soon as that's live. Sure, sure. And I remember seeing him on like, you know, live on um Inst- mm-hmm. Instagram Live maybe a couple of weeks ago. Just recently, yeah. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. He was, um, I think he was a guest on a uh, on another brother who has a, a real dope platform. I want to shout him out. I think it was T.L. Cross's um, show that he does on um, IG Live where he, you know, delves into like the history of uh, mm-hmm. different parts of he kind of does like a geographical breakdown of like the hip-hop scene in brooklyn and he'll have like eight episodes really 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 dope um i'll send you a link so you can check that out actually but uh, i believe he was on there and you know he was just like he was in the studio you know like he was still active still going oh man so yeah 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 it's tough man it's tough we're losing our legends and it's just such a we're doing such a poor job of um educating i think and keeping the um legacies of these these seminal kind of hip-hop acts Mm -hmm. alive you know what i mean and then you know when you hear the 52 year old thing you're like you know why are we acting like these guys you know like Mm -hmm. the rolling stones are touring well, oh, they yeah. were yeah. before COVID. But, um, you know, and they're carting these guys out at like 75, man. They're still like, <laughs> and not, they're not touring like, you know, they were here at the damn um, Redskins Stadium like last year. Like, oh, yeah. Old, they're playing you know, big 2019. Show. Yeah. They're playing arenas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're playing arenas. And, you know, we've got guys who, you know, were big 20 years ago, 15 years ago. And we're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, they're playing clubs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, me and you have met at, um, and this is a segue that we didn't plan for, but you know what I mean? Like we've, we've, we've met at a number of shows where it was a hip hop legend um, performing and there were 30 people in there. You yeah. Know? And doesn't that hurt a little bit? <laughs> yeah, right? You're glad it, you get to see a tiny show from, from these legends, but yeah, you wish that there were more people out there to show love. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to say, Oh, it was intimate, but mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I'd prefer, I'd prefer just for the legacy of them and for the respect factor, sure. I'd rather them play, you know, I I'm happy when they're playing um, a venue like say TLA in Philly. Yeah. Or, you know, just at least a couple thousand people. But, you know, when they're playing like these little like 100 seat, <laughs> well, not even seat standing. I've been in TLA with 30 people. 
I won't. Yeah. I've been I've been TLA. Well, that's you know that's at least they had the venue. Now it's sad that they mm-hmm. right, but then that's what forces them to to go to you know the little spot because yep. it's like well I'm not gonna get a thousand seater, or fifteen hundred seater, and then only thirty people. You know what I mean? Like that just looks bad. I'd rather pack a club. And, you know, and that's just, that's just unfortunate that, you know, our uh, culture can be so disposable at times. Do you know if the Fat Boys ever played again after Buffy died, which was back in 95? I haven't seen them together in ages. In ages. As far as I know, they didn't perform again after that. Yeah, I haven't seen them together in ages. And I mean, you know, you... You're talking about um, you know, all of these lifetime achievement awards, and you know the BET Hip Hop Awards, and you know there's just no way now. You know they're gonna give us a, a a little tribute with some music behind it, and yeah. say, "Oh, Prince Marquis D," and it's like you know these guys deserved to be um, acknowledged. But, you know, we having a hard time getting respect for Run DMC. So, I mean, I guess I'm, maybe I'm asking too much. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows Run DMC and is like. Yeah, and you, you and know. I have seen DMC speak to, what, 50, 75 people? Mm-hmm. 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 And I do think part of that was the university did not want to publicize it. Right. Because uh, a lot of universities just simply do not want folks from the town and the surrounding community to come on campus. So I think another story. (laughs) I think they bring in a big name and then they don't advertise. um, They keep it real quiet. I think the only way that you and I got in is we had a connection to a student who was allowed to bring a couple guests. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 You know my memory sucks. <laughs> you may not have even known. I just said, hey, DMC is going to speak at this and, thing. You know, that's, all, that's all I need. I don't need much more. <laughs> I don't need much more, man. But yeah, I, I'm going to get off my soapbox. But I just, you know what I mean? As a community, as a uh, culture, we, we have to do better. So tell me why people should remember the Fat Boys. Hmm. I think... I'll take it from a different angle because, you know, I could say uh, I was going to say there's a handful of groups or acts, not groups, because some of them are solo. There's a handful of acts that pretty much are responsible for what you have now as a billion dollar, you know, infused into every part of American and global society culture. Those handful of groups we talked about Houdini when um ecstasy transitioned, Run DMC, um, the Fat Boys, the Beastie Boys, LL Cool J, you know, Public Enemy. Before that, um, you know, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. So these groups, they were the first touring groups. Specifically, Fat Boys, Run DMC, Houdini, and LL Cool J. They're the first kind of superstars. But specifically, when you talk about what's going on now with the 
you know, whether you, you from the industry side, 360 deals, um, corporate sponsorship, um, hip hop being used to market all kinds of other products. Uh-huh. Fat boys were probably one of the original acts to get endorsements and, you know, transition into movies and do some of the things that at that time were like revolutionary oh, yeah. for not only a hip hop act, but in many ways, just a black music act period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we're talking 85, 86, 87, you know, they just started playing um, black people on MTV in what, 85? I think Thriller was like the first thing. Or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and that was about all they played. Yeah. You know, it was like Mike and Prince and yeah. that was a fight. <laughs> that was a fight so yeah pioneers man pioneers and what yeah. you know then when you know when we trans by 89 or 90 or so you got like hammer doing the pepsi thing and but yeah but fat boys were precursors to all of that and they were the first rappers to use fat in their names yeah you know and, and, i mean when you talk about biggie and heavy d and yeah they yeah. were yeah yeah, yeah, they were the Joe. overweight lovers before Heavy D. Yeah, a hundred percent. They were originally the Disco Three. Yeah, just a little yeah. tidbit for the listeners out there, and they changed their name to the Fat Boys. They actually did a song called Fat Boys. Right, fat, fat, fat boys, boys, boys. And it was such a hit, <laughs> they changed their name to the Fat Boys. Yeah, there's also the yeah. story that their manager got like a huge hotel food bill. When they were on tour, and uh, that prompted the change from the Disco Three to the Fat Boys. Oh, uh, well, you remember that scene in Crush Groove where they yep. just like destroy the. They go to Sparrow. <laughs> oh, you can, right? They go to Sparrow's. Oh, you can eat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember showing that to uh, my hip hop class at some. That point. is, yeah, that is must. Yeah, that's, that's a must. Yeah, that's a must. So that's I mean. In ways, I think they were accused, as you said, like their moment had passed by the time Nirvana came out. So by the time we hit, like, you know, I, I think they were first out in like 83, 84. You start to see the Fat Boys a lot. By 91, yeah. 92, people are definitely over them. Yeah. And you see even some people kind of looking back at them as like relics of a very different era. Yes. 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 Speaking to what, like I said, we were talking about with um, Carmen on the Allies podcast about how quickly mm-hmm. the entire like climate in hip hop shifts. Oh, yeah. So Fat Boys begin, right, they get going in like 84, mm-hmm. 83, 84, I believe is the um, first album. 85 is um, Crush Groove. That's kind of when they take off. You know, 86, they go platinum in 87. I think that's the wipeout, but they were already like way commercial by then, right? Like they were already yeah, like big, big time. Checkers, by then. Twist, and yeah, yeah, and those kind yeah, of took them yeah. to a next level yeah. as pop yeah. crossovers, right? Correct, correct, correct. And when you look at that, right, when you look at that crescendo, so you say they go platinum in the, the first albums before those all went gold. So it wasn't like they weren't selling already but they go platinum they got the thing they probably i don't know when disorderlies came out it probably came out um 
around that same time. Mm-hmm. Disorderly's 87, just like I, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right so yeah, they're big boy. They're big time. Oh yeah. And then 88, 89, the last album mm-hmm. as the fat boys, I believe came out in 89. Mm-hmm. If you know what happened in 88, right then you kind of understand so you know 88 we're talking um it takes a nation of millions to hold us back we're talking um uh by all means necessary um from bdp we're talking straight out of compton we're talking um follow the leader we're talking the great great adventures of slick rick you know what i mean like we're talking as nasty that, as they want to be, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Although Two Life Crew had stuff out earlier, that was like the huge. Well, and so did, um, and yeah, and, 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 and um, Public Enemies had already came out. Public sure. Enemies first, uh, Bum Real Bum Russia Show had already came out. That but the seminal albums mm-hmm. and the way that just lyricism, what is regarded as hip hop. You know, these things begin to change around 88. Yeah. So I could see where the backlash to like Wipeout <laughs> happens yeah. when, you know, you got that juxtaposed with my Microphone Fiend. EPMD's first album came out in 88. Uh, Big Daddy Kane came out in 88. Yeah. So hip hop had already shifted. And even image wise, you know, Hip-hop was taking a, a very serious turn, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and the Fat Boys just couldn't go along for that ride. They didn't make that mm-hmm. transition, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everything, every group I stated mm. was either associated with um, the Nation of Gods and Earth, mm. were a revolutionary rap group in some way, shape, or form. Even NWA was a revolutionary rap group. Of course. You know what I mean? And then you've got like Slick Rick, you know, <laughs> who's like a different. That's true. You know what I mean? So, yeah, there wasn't any real space for that. Now, we could make the argument that if the Fat Boys were the Beastie Boys, they would have survived. You know what I mean? We could yeah. make that argument. Although but- the Beastie Boys struggled at that moment, too. That that Paul's Boutique sophomore album barely it sold. It did. Know? People look back and love it now, but they they lost their record deal off of that. They lost their record deal. They were a throwaway. Yeah. 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 Because because that wave was over. And, you know, we didn't really see... Run DMC had a little comeback moment, but it wasn't sustained around that same time. No. But I think Run DMC was so big Mm -hmm. that um, they were grandfathered in as kind of like the legendary group. And of course, even, the Russell connection 88. didn't hurt. Yeah, even yeah. by 88, you know what yeah. I mean? Because uh, something, what came out in 88? Mm-hmm. Tougher Than Leather came out in 88. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and I mentioned Two Live Crew, who, you know, were all about having fun, but they were about having fun at the strip club rather than Sparrow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And I they were the carrying an entire... They were carrying entire region, yeah, with them. So that's that was a different phenomenon, right? Like they were they were Miami. <laughs> so, they were the South, right? At that yeah, moment, they were the South at that point. Yeah, yeah, true indeed, true indeed, true indeed. So that was you know that's a different thing, and it's funny because again, like 
84 to 88 is nothing. That's no time. Yeah. That's a high school class. Yeah. And by 88, it's like, oh, we're not, oh, that's over. Yeah. But I think the, pretty fast. I think the, but I think the, um, like you said, it, it became very serious, became mm. very political. You have like the, the, you know, the Jungle Brothers, you have like this whole kind of back to Africa mm. movement going on. You have like this high level, you know, um, form of lyricism, like this, like just high master rapper kind of <laughs> thing going on. And grimier beats coming out of Brooklyn in beats. particular, right? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. And like you said, the uh, the overweight lover. I mean, following in the fat boy's footsteps, you could be a real sexy overweight guy, or you could yep. be a real tough overweight guy. Yep. But there weren't exactly anybody. There wasn't exactly anybody in that mold of the fat boys, just like goofy and fun. I think you know that's a moment things really shifted, like eighty eight to ninety one. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. But they pivot. And like I said, his career was, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> his career was still going. I just read a note from our producer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his career was, his career was still going and, um, a testament to him and a testament to, um, you know, sometimes, especially I'm sure in that first wave, a lot of that gimmick stuff was probably forced on them. I'm, I'm going to say probably just to be fair, I'm sure it was forced on them. Sure. You know, um, yeah, they were the first hip hop group to have that kind of a marketing campaign about them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you just yeah. mentioned they were everywhere, t-shirts, posters. I mean, they they really had a branding behind them. Yeah, yeah. Man, no, no, very, 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 very pivotal. Mm-hmm. Very pivotal. Absolutely. And we haven't mentioned um, Prince Marquis is Puerto Rican, correct? He was. Yeah, where does he fall in the lineage of, of Puerto Rican pioneers in hip hop? Um, Tito from the mm-hmm. Ferris Four. Yep. I, I, he would have to be the next one. As far as MCs, for as far sure, as just right? MCs, yeah, obviously, you know, Rocksteady and the Graffiti mm-hmm. Riders and the B Boys, they were. They were Puerto Rican. Puerto Ricans weren't there from the beginning. Sure. But um, as far as notable MCs, um, and, uh, somebody can correct us, but I would think Tito was first. And then, yeah, Prince Mark E.D. Yeah, and Disco Wiz. Going I mean, I'm, back sure to the same era for, I'm sure there's right? someone who's Puerto Rican who's fronting like they're not. You know, there's always that too. But <laughs> somebody but, you don't know, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Some rappers like you know, not claiming their Puerto Rican sure. side, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess if you're looking at Cold Crush Brothers, you got DJ Disco Wiz, and you got Prince Whipper Whip. Yeah, they were definitely. In the, in the thing, DJs and them, I'm thinking mm-hmm. prominent MCs though. But yeah, they were definitely, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, whip a whip. But in the real mainstream, after the early early days, you know, I think Prince Marky D carried that mantle for a while. Yeah, I mean, up until I guess Fat Joe surfaces Fat Joe, around '92. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, unless you want to go with Son Doobie. I guess he was around the same time too, right? And you yeah. may not, you may not want to go with Son Doobie. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. go with Son Doobie. Have we have we confirmed that Son Doobie is Puerto Rican? I'm going to confirm it right wasn't now. That a, wasn't that a previous yes. conversation? Yes, Puerto Rican <laughs> MC, Son Doobie, born Jason Vasquez. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say okay. it's confirmed. We're going to say confirmed. I'm with confirmed. it. Confirmed. I'm with it. I'm with it. If your soul loves the sun. <laughs> Rock on. Rock on. I, I, right. I, I always dug that record. Yeah. I, I seen a porno with him in it. Sunday. You told me. You told yeah. me. You told me. Yeah, you and Eminem. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I seen a porno with Sun Doobie. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Going back to Luther Campbell, I think. That was the origin of that whole story. Luther Campbell from Two Life Crew put Sun Doobie in a porno, I believe. Is Get out of here. I don't, know if, I don't know if I remembered that. That's funny. I believe so. He would be the one to do it. That's your connection, right? Mm-hmm. He would be the one to do it. If I was going to get into porn, I'd probably reach out to Luke. Yeah, porn and hip hop. Come on. I think Snoop Dogg mm-hmm. had a Girls Gone Wild, but you know, he you got to go back to Uncle Luke for sure. Uncle Luke's the original. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Luke's the original. That classic show he had on um, Playboy Television too, right? Yeah, Luke's, play, Luke's Playhouse or something. What was it called? What was it called? Something like that. <laughs> you know, I, I may have told you. I don't think I told the story on the podcast, though. I, I think you did. Did I tell it on the go, podcast? Go, Finding go, the videotapes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh. a great story, though. It's a great story. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great story. Yeah. Um, I think... Um, can we give Anthony a little... Um, We'll give him some... To play, uh, we'll give him a snippet of some fat boys, man. Oh, to, yeah, to take sure. to take us out of here when we're when we're ready. Yeah, I don't think, I think they'll. So. I don't think they'll flag us. We just have to find some fat boys. That's true. That's true. They'll a little snippet, us. nothing yeah. over the three seconds or whatever for copyright. Yeah. I think. We'll yeah, 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 yeah. Can no. you can you feel it or something? Ooh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or even just the old original fat boys. That's a good track too, right? That was that's that might be my favorite. And, you know, as far as their legacy, too, we didn't really mention, you know, Buffy on the beatbox. Uh, yeah. Right. Beatbox I mean, I'm, while you're saying that, yeah, for probably the last 15 minutes, I've been trying to stop myself from going into the beatbox. <laughs> but I'm not going to do it. Can you do it the um, way he did it? Um, you know how many hours <laughs> I spent? Doing my country to the D when he goes, yeah, like, dude, that's my childhood, man. That's awesome. Yeah, all of that stuff. Wow, listen to that. Yeah, all of that stuff, man. The original no. human beatbox. He, yeah, he and Dougie yeah, Fresh, yeah. right? Him and Dougie Fresh. Dougie Fresh says he invented the beatbox. Mm. So, um, I'm not gonna argue. Sure. Dougie Fresh, but you know, the first three beatboxers I remember are Dougie Fresh, um, Buffy, and Bismarcky. Absolutely, yeah, and that's interesting because I wondered if if there was more Brooklyn history there that I didn't know, having grown up so far away. You know, it all came to me via television, so I didn't know if you knew of local legends, people who were doing it 
way back. I was seven, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't getting on the train. I got, I got it when you got it, man. <laughs> the fat boy. That's yeah, true. Yeah. I always forget that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, 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 uh, I mean, you know, probably mm. I, mean, I got it five minutes before you because, you know what I mean? Yeah. I got it prior. I got it, uh, you know, pre. Video yeah. Music Box is the first, mm. like, of its kind, like it pre predated um yo MTV raps and stuff. So that was like local television. So but yeah, no, nah, I mean you and know, you know I no matter I how we tell you like no nah, remember that. remember Sheiky Sheik, he was the guy. <laughs> like I didn't I don't remember that. I do remember I told you about short and fresh. That's right. Remember yeah. short and fresh yeah. from your yeah. story. Shout out to Pasha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was he was he was he was the beatbox. And then like I said, I was the alternate beatbox. So that was probably around mm. that same time. There you go. Yeah. There you go. See, I've heard that same story so many times, but for me, I can't get it through my head that if you were in New York, even as a seven-year-old, that you were tuned into all this stuff that I only got via television. <laughs> so like when I interviewed the Beat Miners a few years ago, I went to their house yeah. in Bushwick. And uh, you know, one of the first things Mr. Walt or the Beat Miners said when I started to talk about like the early days is he said, man, you know, I can tell you about like the early Bushwick legends, but like, you know, it's a long way to the Bronx from Brooklyn, you know, and yeah, we, weren't, yeah, nobody, we, weren't, we weren't there. Kids <laughs> weren't getting on the train. You know, we saw the Bronx stuff via Wild Style, same as you, you know, we, right. we got some Cold Crush cassettes and then Wild Style. Right. So right. I think, you know, when Wild Style really broke worldwide and then Crush Groove followed, you know, a year, maybe two years later. Um. That was really the first image a lot of folks around the world, whether you were thousands of miles away or a couple neighborhoods away sometimes. That was your first picture of the Cold yeah. Crush Brothers or maybe the Fat Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for for me, right. For me, that was in um, everything pre Kumo cool D. Mm -hmm. Well, let me say Everything pre like 85, 84 was um, remedial for me. Like I had to go back and learn about Cold Crush and about, you know, the Fearless Four. And then, I mean, I would hear what I, you know, I would hear, I knew the feel, I knew rocking it, all right? I knew the Fearless Four. Dun, 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 dun. You would hear that on the radio. But to like know, like know who Grandmaster Kaz was and know that he wrote. Rapper's Delight, like, I, I don't know nothing about that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, yeah, so I remember Kumo D. And I remember, um, you know, the message. Mm -hmm. And so probably in 8 Million Stories and Curtis Blow and, and um, what's my other song? White Lines. And mm -hmm. so 84, maybe 83 is like where my memories begin. So there's the Fat Boys. Fat yep, Boys and Run DMC. And Houdini. And there you go. Yeah, that's there that's that go. first class of like, Ooh. those were the guys. That's those true. Those were the guys. That's and true. then it was like, oh, okay. Um, this happened prior to that. Oh, okay, cool. Mm. You know what I mean? And then it really, like 88 is really when it's like, where we're like this is something you know like mm, yeah now we're in you know what i mean we're almost like yeah i mean you know and still even that right like 
I don't really know what like Rakim's talking about in 88. Sure. Because you're, you know, you're like, young. I, I, right. I'm absorbing it. And you know what I mean? But when he's talking about guide you, guide you out a triple stage of darkness, I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know what I mean? So even you're going back now and you're like, oh, snap, triple stage darkness. Like, oh, man. Like, you know what I mean? And just having being familiar with like, you know, um, more mathematics now. And you're like, oh, man, like he's really he's like. He's really getting math. into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? What happens is you grow. So sure. when Wu-Tang is speaking math you're like okay that's what rock him was talking about mm. now i'm 14 i get it <laughs> you know what I mean? like yeah yeah yeah. that yeah. makes sense i mean we all want to have this like romantic yeah like like i was outside but it's like i was five bro i wasn't outside yeah, i thought you i thought everybody in new york was bombing trains they were back going on cardboard it just you know growing up in kentucky i thought everybody in new york was in this from the start just go we just walk up there and it's just yeah everybody's just everybody's each doing other. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah somehow it just didn't pan out the more more rappers i talked to who were growing up in brooklyn it just wasn't the case yeah yeah it's literally like a different city man yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it'd be like sitting in kentucky knowing what's going on in cincinnati or nashville right i mean yeah, you're, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a ways away it's really a different city. And I mean, we're talking about by train. That's a couple remember, hours, right? Almost know, I remember. Brooklyn to the Bronx. I remember, um, you know, Namdi, my college roommate. Yeah. Was, he was going back to, we were going back to school. I guess it was like spring break or something. And he's like, uh, you want to ride back? Like I'm getting, I'm getting a ride back from like a family member. He's like, um, you want to ride back with me? I'm like, uh, sure. Cool. He's like, all right, well, like I'm at this family thing in the Bronx and you know, you meet me up here and then like, we'll ride back down. And I'm like, bro, I'll get on the train. I'll be in Philly in two hours. I'm not going, <laughs> I'm not taking two hours to go to the Bronx to go then take two hours. Like, nah. So yeah, yeah, it's a different, it's a, it's a different place. Yeah. You can almost get from Brooklyn to Philly as fast as you can get from Brooklyn to the Bronx, right? Train wise? On, on, train wise, damn near. Yeah. <laughs> Damn near. You know what I mean? It's like 40, for, you know, I'll, I'll be at Port Authority in like 35 minutes, 30 minutes from my crib, and then I'm on a two-hour bus. You know what I mean? So, yeah, technically, if you, you know, you mapped it all the way out, I could get to the Bronx faster, but it ain't fast enough to go to the Bronx <laughs> just to get a ride back to Philly. Like, no. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's where we at, man. Yeah, absolutely. The that's legends. Yeah, 83, it was a, um, 84, 85. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fascinating, though, how fast it uh it transitions, man. Mm. How fast it transitions. Yeah, and you think, you know, kids coming into it today, just coming into the music, they're experiencing it through TikTok or maybe still YouTube, maybe still Instagram where they're finding new artists. Um this is going to seem like rock around the clock did to us when we first heard the fat boys. Um, imagine it's going to be like ancient, imagine. ancient history. Right. And that's the, the, what's really strange about that is because even, you know, post fat boys, if we're talking, like we said, if 88 kind of ushers in this new 
thing. Mm-hmm. By 94, Big Daddy Kane's like finished. That hurts. <laughs> it hurts to hear <laughs> you say that. But yeah, I think he put the nail in the coffin when he did that Madonna book. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, 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 again like that, like 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 MC Hammer's um, Pepsi thing, mm-hmm. like the Fat Boys, like um, Big Daddy Kane doing the Madonna book. All of these things are praised today. Yeah, that's true. That's winning today. Mm-hmm. Rapping is corny. <laughs> and these guys got killed for being corporate. Oh yeah. Or having ties to anything that didn't have to do like you said, like part of Big Daddy Kane's demise was like yo, you went pop. Yeah. Well, especially in the case of the Fat Boys, you know, we mentioned before their their faces are everywhere. T-shirts yeah posters everywhere when your image is that persistent and that prevalent it's really hard to shift your image toward a new trend without looking like you're trying to sell out or catch this next new wave it really kind of having that much exposure can lock you into this image that's been cultivated for you yeah yeah and it's hard to get out definitely (laughs) hard to get out it requires um reinvention Mm. and um these record labels today aren't don't have patience for that so Uh, they weren't gonna have it in 88 like what you guys want to do what you're the fat boys like no one no one wants to know no one wants the the reinvention of the fat boys like you know what i mean so you become you know disposable and then Marky D goes behind the scenes, produces for Mary J. Blige, produces yep. for Mariah Carey. Yep. And maybe a lot of people don't even know he's still active for as so, long as he was. And you don't. You just you just you fall in. And you yeah. you know what I mean? If you're talented, you survive. Sure. You know what I mean? And, and you know, that's that speaks a lot about, you know, real musicianship, real um practitioners of mm-hmm. the culture um will survive when you know the industry says their time is up yeah that's true yeah if you love it enough right oh yeah and we can think of other folks who have done the same thing from kwame yeah 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 to dana dan to a certain extent right still still around still around He, he does some production now right or am i mistaken there i know he's still well I say touring, mm-hmm. but I know he was still touring. Um, I'm sure he's got something going on. You know, yeah. Kango Kid, he's still around doing stuff. I mean, there, you know, a lot of these guys are still around, man. And God, and, and 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 the blessing is if you hang around long enough, what you've seen is you know, this disposable income from now like adults with mm-hmm. children who are going out to these old school shows and these guys have got a whole new sure. life. You know what I mean? They're doing world I means, you know, countrywide tours, the salt and peppers and mm. you know, they're, they're back out on the road. Big daddy Kane is back out on the road. Definitely. Again, COVID, but yeah. Yeah. 
Nobody's really out on the road right now. No one's out on the road right now except for Dave Chappelle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even out on the road. He's just stationary doing shows in sure. one place. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, it's 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 fascinating. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. And speaking of Dave Chappelle, because the other thing mm-hmm. that um, we were going to get into, we're um, probably too short on time to get into. So we'll just shoot the breeze on some other things until we're done talking. Sure. Um, are you aware, have you seen any of his latest like little snips that he's putting out? Do you no, know, like, I have specials? not. Okay. So fascinating stuff. You should check it out. Okay. I'll try to do it some justice because I think this plays into what we're talking about in terms of like the, the, the legendary acts and how, you know, we discard them so easily. And then we get into ownership and things like that. And like, what's going to happen now, you know, if people want to go stream the, you know, the fat boys and all of that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So Dave Chappelle was in, um, I guess, oh, a battle or whatever you want to call it. But Viacom, who owns Comedy Central, they own the rights to the Chappelle show. And they had sold those rights to Netflix as well as uh, HBO Max, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they were going to start airing these old episodes of um, Chappelle's show. Dave Chappelle goes... He does a quick little special. You know, he has a deal with Netflix, a very successful one at that. Mm-hmm. So he did a special where he basically told his fans to not watch any reruns of The Chappelle Show. Mm-hmm. He also asked, um, he also announced that Netflix, that he has a current deal with, is agreed to pull the show from their um so i think after that the domino fell i believe hbo agreed to not air it as either all of this culminates in dave Chappelle being able to negotiate with comedy central or viacom to get the rights back to his show Look at that. And so the last thing was like him announcing that Netflix is going to return the Chappelle show, which he now has some wow. stake in. Look at that. Yeah. So, you know, power to the people in that. Absolutely. In that stay. So, you know, that got me thinking about, yeah, ownership, right? And these, these legends and... As we're celebrating them, you know, we talk about uh, De La Souls. I'm looking at my record uh, player and I have a, a Tommy Boy sleeve mm. on my turntable um, or a cover on my turntable. We talk about celebrating our legends and, you know, preserving their art. And who benefits from that? Mm. Even when we do that, even when we say, oh, man, you got to go, you got to go download, you got to go stream. And that's cool, but their families aren't going to eat Yeah, in many cases. 
That's very much true. With De La Soul, you can't even stream most of it. Right. The stuff that Tommy Boy owns isn't available to stream at, at all. Yeah. Right. I believe it begins with like the grind date or something. Like, yeah. Or they switched yeah. labels and it was independent from there on out after mm-hmm. grind date. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So interesting. Absolutely. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Yeah. So keep buying those MF Dooms t shirts and merchandise straight from gastraws.com because that is controlled by his family. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm glad you stated that. Absolutely. Glad you stated that. And, um, but you know, those are the lessons that we learn. Um, but you know, that might not get you the, um, 3 million records that you want to sell and the, mm-hmm. you know, Pepsi endorsement and the makeup line and, you know, but in the time of your demise, if you already, you know, become immortalized because your work is that good, it, it pays, it pays better mm-hmm. to have, you know, maybe taken the long road on your stuff, but that's a choice. That's a choice. So own your stuff. It seems like a good place to wrap this one up. Yeah, 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 man. You know, rest in peace to all the legends. And like you said, acknowledging um, everyone else that we've lost, um, whether the COVID or just for whatever means, you know, I mean, everybody stays strong and, you know, prayers up to everybody. Absolutely. Another sad edition of <laughs> Hip Hop. I am your co Ooh, I like that that moment of silence before you yeah. transition. That's yeah. good. You yeah. got us into the ending. So yeah. I am your other co-host, Mickey Hess. Yeah, peace and love, y'all. See you next time.